welcome, Brett, to another episode of Float Your Boat. Hi, I'm, George. I'm so happy to have you back in the studio, Brett. I'm so happy to be back in the studio. You're it's really, been a while. You're really expressing that in your body language? Not really, but anyway, I'm, I'm beefing it up for the, for the audience. I just rolled my eyes again. Sorry, I just had a quick moment. You know those micro sleeps? <laughs> Did you say something, George? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, Brett. So who do we have on today? Today we have one of the thinker girls, Stacey June. Is she a big thinker? I'm assuming she's a big thinker. I've, I've, she's funny, I know that. Well, how do you know Stacey? I don't know Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never how met Stacey. How did she find her way into one of our episodes? She's famous. Yeah, so are we. Well, not as famous as they are. Well, I'm famous in my own lunchbox. The thinker girls are really th- fa- famous. Fa- famous. Famous. <laughs> Famous. You have a lisp? I do. A lisp over eth words. The Sithereth. That was last, last week's episode, wasn't it? <laughs> They've been on every show from Kyle and Jackie O to Channel 7, Sunrise and back again. Well, just as well I brought a pillow and a doona so she can have a rest. And they also have their own podcast. Oh, wow. And they've got a huge following. Do they? Much huger than ours. Oh, well, then we'd better be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. And we've got a gift for Stacey as well. All right. All right. Well, let's get her in. Let's get her in. Next up, she's coming. Welcome to the Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your hosts. Hi, Stacey. Hi, Stacey. Hi, guys. Welcome to our studio. Uh, Welcome to our, our podcast. That was, a bit, a... that was a bit lame, sorry. Hi, Stacey. No, it's a, such a, um, it's such a space. Isn't it? it is. I think when there's, especially when there's musical instruments in a room, it demands attention, but there's always this space to it. I don't know how to, does that, does that yeah, yeah. do yeah, you yeah. understand what I mean? The, the drums are here because uh, in, between, in between recordings, Brett takes out his frustrations by beating the drums. <laughs> Beating the shit out of them. Well, after um, well, I got fired last year, Tracy Spicer suggested that we went um, axe throwing <laughs> as a way to get out you frustration. Went, you went to St Peter's to the axe. No, we you? haven't gone I yet. Oh, we've oh, we've should, seen that yeah, stuff. That's, that's in St Mary Street at St Peter's and it is like... Unbelievable. It's, it's go, it harks back to the medieval age. Right. I, I, I'm really interested. I think I need to – she's been quite a busy lady this year, so <laughs> I might just need to go by myself. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I think there is something to it. I think energy – I've learned a lot about moving energy this year and it's important. It's really important. What's that great saying, where intention goes, energy flows? Mm. That's, that's it. that's it's also a bit great for weight me. loss. What, the uh, energy moving? moving. <laughs> I was thinking that. Energy. Well, that's how we're sold to understand it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't need to lose any more weight. I go the other way yeah, when right. I like yeah, stress yeah. or anxiety. It's, I oh, kind of seem to find it. Oh, you lose weight when you're stressed and, and yeah. anxious. Okay, yeah, I, so I, it's, I tend to put it on. And so. it's interesting because it's looked upon as being thin, particularly as a woman is such an admirable, lovely thing. So when people are oh, my God, you're looking so thin, but little do people know that internally I'm struggling, you know, and it's actually mm. not such a great thing for me at all. So do you not eat when you get low? I just lose my appetite a bit. It's not right. a choice. I just start mm. to get be a bit burr picky. Right. Um, I'm just not that hungry. Um, but yeah. I love food, so it's quite a frustrating mm. uh, frustrating thing. But, um, yeah, it's it's one of those weird things that people often look look upon as it's be it'd be something so favourable. Oh God, you've got such a great metabolism, or you can lose weight. So it's like no, actually, being an anxious person is not something that you aim to be on a daily basis. I'm guessing this could be a no holds barred interview because you've just 
just um, opened up a part of you yourself that most women would not not share, which is, you know, I look great when I'm anxious and... We call <laughs> it, my stressed. auntie and I call it, well, the, I mean, if you're looking at any kind of positivity, the anxiety skinnies, but I um, I don't see it as positive, you know, and I think it's important to, to put that out there because there are all kinds of elements of what's going on internally for people that, you know, people can't see externally. And, yes, I that is who I am. There is no... <laughs> if, if I don't want to answer something, I will tell you I don't want to yeah, answer yeah, fair it. Enough. <laughs> well, no, that, and, you, and, and you're quite entitled to swear on our podcast, Excellent. as you know. Excellent. Yeah. Which, How far do we go? The C? No. Uh, I mean, not that oh, I want to say it, but I just want to know my boundaries. No, you can go, you can say we, whatever you, ever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we're, we're looking at an ex, you know, rock and roller. But, uh, not rock and roller. But, I don't, I don't know, swear as much as I used to. You hung out with a lot of yeah, I used right. to swear a lot. And, I do think and, age changes yeah. that. I, I mean, I, I, I've been renowned to talk and say and use language that doesn't exist. Often, words that like? I just oh God, I can't. It's got yeah, to right. be off the cuff. Where right. I'll continue on a conversation and be talking about something so serious and use words that don't actually have a meaning, but people go with it because they know that I'm on the right track, getting somewhere. But yeah. it's interesting as I've gotten older, I have found that less cute. I'm mm. kind of like, what is the word, Stacey? How about <laughs> we start to work that out? George has told me that because George likes words, and I've. I'm getting better at words. He uses words that I've never heard of. Mm. Like what was today's one? Vociferous. Vociferous. Vociferous, yeah. Well, you might be cre- – like there's a different way that you express your creativity. Like me, mm. I see things yeah. and I often feel things. I, I, the, and I've got the intention there but the words are something that has always been – it's taken me a bit more work mm. to express that way. But I'm starting to write a lot more at the moment and I'm, I'm finding that nice to be sitting in that place as a student – and, yeah, and right. learning and, and trying to kind of give a shit about that part of my expression. Mm. So so part of Float Your Boat is, is getting to know, it's really about real stories, real people. So let's go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the western suburbs of Melbourne. Right. Um, and... Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty, you know, basic, like it was pretty... Normal, I guess, in the mm. inverted commas for mm-hmm. a, a little while. It was, um, I was with my mum and dad and my brother. We're 15 months apart, so quite close in age. So, yep. and we were in a, we bought our first house. We were living in Telemarine, which is right near the oh, airport. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And then we bought the house that I remember was in Gladstone Park because it was kind of there was an energy about my parents when they bought this house that we were going to be there, you know, like they were so excited. I don't remember the words but I remember this energy of this is the house, like this is our house, like mm. this is we've, we, we, we've done good things, you know. And then they split up and, and everything changed. Yeah, things changed pretty dramatically. How old were, were you when were, they split up? I was up? 11, 11 or 12, yeah. But up until that point it was fairly, I don't know, we shot Happy the hop. Target. We did went yeah. to the movies. I was in, like danced most of the time, um, always kind of performing in some way. Right. So you were at that age that most parents would say, oh, you know, that this would um, psychologically scar my children if we divorce now because you're 11, right? How, how did it affect you? Did it? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah, big time. Still right. does. Still, there's, still, right. there's always work to do when you have someone leave. And mm. particularly I think for girls, young girls, it's cliche mm. but it's not ste- – and someone said this to me years ago because I fought against stereotypes for a long time because I feel like Australians like to put people in boxes. But somebody said to me a few years ago, stereotypes also exist for a reason and cliches essentially I guess that would be – that would fall under that category also. So, yeah, it is a bit cliche that um, – daddy issues and all of those things that we joke about. But I do think for girls that security goes and, and there's a, a real question of why and, and, and real unsettledness. And it, it really did affect the way we ran the house. It affected that sense of ease. And I suppose when you're 11 or 12, you're old enough to start asking questions as to why. Mm. Why did that happen? And you inquire about who your parents are. 
and then that's pretty terrifying too. <laughs> so how did you, which direction did you go in when they left? Did you, you know, because you hear stories of, um, you know, I went off the rails and I became a punk rocker and, you know, or, or I became an introvert, stereotypes of course, but was there a particular direction you headed in? Because do I you was think a bit that of, had I turned a... into a bit of a rebel, mm. you know. I mean by my, my, but by my definition I suppose for myself, I, I'm, it was interesting because when I got to an age, I don't know, maybe my late 20s, I started to think about the things I liked and I, and I had my Saturn return which is where they say you rebirth again at about 28 and I, I started to realise that there were a lot of things in my life that I did as a younger child when I felt stable and safe that I had missed like reading and being by myself and, and so from about 12 to about 28 almost... I partied pretty hard. I was very, you know, kind of loud mouth, was just quick witted. Um, you, you, would, you would never go into a room and not know my opinion. Mm. And not that all of those things were necessarily good or bad, but it certainly was a, to some degree, I look back now and think it was a real bravado kind of uh, survival uh, point where in high school it really stemmed from. I need to survive and so I think I'm going to be the most confident to maybe cover up that I'm not feeling like everything's so great at home. And your brother? He went the other way, right. the complete opposite way. So he was is much more passive and, and, and actually really struggled because I don't think he looked at me like that's the way that you do it and he didn't have those kinds of, I guess, he just didn't have that personality. We were very different like that. He's very sensitive and, and he just, I think he found it harder to hide that. Mum and mm. dad are quite different like that. Mum's really sensitive and wears a heart on her sleeve and, and um, quite emotional and, um, and dad's kind of the joker and, you know, up in front of everybody and taking the piss and loud. And so I think he fell more to kind of leaning onto mum's side, I guess. That's interesting. I... Um... <clears throat> Sorry, I just got a bit of a tear in my heart. Oh, did you? <clears throat> Why did it remind you of your childhood? Well, yeah, look, you know, it's a funny thing that you, you have um, the same stimuli in, an, in, a, in a, a home environment working on siblings and yet siblings take completely different paths. It's you funny know? you say that because my brother and I had a really estranged relationship through our 20s mm. because of that. Yeah, we have only reconnected probably the last uh, few years and that is, that's a devastating result when you grow up, the two of you. And as I told you in that particular beginnings, very close. Mm. We would beg to have a playroom so it could be in the same bedroom. You know, right, we were right. really close kids. So it never made any sense. You know, it was very hard mm. but we dealt with things very differently. Oh, I mean, obviously it was a phase that, I mean, it was a journey that, each of you had to take a different journey, mm. but now you've reconnected, which is great, right? Mm. And and of course, your relationship with your parents is is under, is great too. Yeah, it's yeah. I I hate the word. I, no, it's not always great. You know, <laughs> it is overall. There's so much love there. I love them. They love me. But it's not an easy relationship. It never is when no. you love someone. No, exactly. <laughs> and Especially family. It's so yeah. easy to say, yeah, we're friends, and I think. Often we're really pressured to put that rosiness to it because what does it mean if it's not all rosy? And and I just say it how it is. And so we have um, we've got some really um, things that bind us together, Mum and I, and Dad and I, and they're very very different things. But we also have some real traits that um, that have. I guess made me move away from the coop. I live in a different state and, hmm. and sit down and, and ask myself what, what do I want to do for my family moving forward and, and what are the things that I want to leave behind. And, right. and that can sometimes strain a relationship when you have to go through and work that out for yourself. You have to really put them under the microscope, which sucks for them. But yeah. it's yeah. important for you to not – I'm a big believer in breaking the chain. I'm a big believer in not re, having reoccurring patterns um, and doing things just because – they happened to your parents and their parents and their yep. parents. Yep. But what comes with that is a lot of looking, you know, looking really closely at things and that's – they didn't ask for that. They just wanted a simple job that's like I'm going to be happy to repeat the way things are that they didn't get that with me. So it it isn't always easy but um, 
but I, oh man, I, I, I'm loved more than anyone. I know, I do know that. Like they, there's a lot of love there, but it, it comes in ways that I, I guess was hard for me to understand. You know, it doesn't always come the way you need it to come. Doesn't mean it doesn't come though. So what made you, what, I mean, obviously you've, you've developed a level of in, introspection over the years and it's come as a result of the things you've experienced. But mm-hmm. what made you, what, what were some of the pivotal moments in your life where you thought, mm, you know what, this is not working for me, I need to... Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that that bravado in high school. I I think I don't. I've never really thought about it until this point. But looking back, I think there was something, a little voice in me saying, "That's not. That's not all me." Mm. There was something deeper, and and so I suppose I was very internal because there was a side to me that I felt maybe wasn't being shown all the time. So I. I guess I looked at finding ways to explore that over the years. And the first point was my aunties who have been very influential in my life, my dad's sisters and my mum's twin sister, but particularly for this story, my my dad's two sisters were very, um, uh, you can attract the world. Like the universe has your back, um, kiss your bills, the universe has provided them because you've got money somewhere to pay for them, you know, very Louise Hay. Um, wow. And I guess I pick, and there would be quotes around my auntie's house and a few bits and pieces where I would read when I was sitting in the toilet. And so I, I took this idea that there was... Um, an ability to potentially craft your way and 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 just booked in for an appointment with the same naturopath as them years ago when I was about 17 because I remember thinking to myself and I, I don't know, I guess because I turned into a bit of a parent role in my teens, I should have been in counselling. Someone should have put me in counselling and I knew that right. really young. I was a bit like... <laughs> I should, someone needs, who's helping, you know, who's helping me and, and so I copied them and, and put myself and, and that was the beginning of now almost, you know, a, or 10, 12, almost 15 year relationship with self-care, self-discovery, self-help um, and self-development and I've been, I've worked really hard on that my entire life. So, so it strikes me that your honesty has always led the way, even with yourself. Because- <laughs> Because, I mean, even in what you do now, it's an honest reflection of who you are. But it strikes me, like listening to your story, that you're an honest, your honesty is always at the forefront of who you are. I think that's come from um, a spirituality that I didn't truly quite understand until this year. Mm. Um, there's been a voice there's been something a bit bigger and I'm not a religious person. Mm. I went to a Catholic school and don't even get me fucking started on that. <laughs> but I, um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I didn't, but the idea of prayer and I've only really thought about this this year and and just this, uh, this fo- idea that there's more here, that maybe you're not praying to a God, maybe you're talking to someone, I don't know, but I've always had this idea that there's something more, whether it's, a nana that passed away, whether it's, I don't know, some angel you saw on a card that you were given when you were seven, whether it is God, I don't know what this, but, and I think my confidence has come from a conversation I've had with that for a long time, even Mm. when I was very little, um, that I believe I was, I, I felt like I was safe and there was an honesty in that because it was who I truly was. And I, and maybe that's where I've, I've followed to go back to because it's always felt so lovely. And, mm. and, and when you go back to that, I believe that you are you, who you're supposed to be, your kind of purer self. Um, and, and then I suppose if that purer self is to live a very honest-filled life, then, then that's where that comes from. So was there something this year that, that triggered that? Yeah, I, um, I had a miscarriage this year. Right. And I don't think I, I would have been able to get through that without an understanding that there's more than us mm-hmm. because I think, oh, goodness, I, I often think about how would, um, how would women in particular get through something without a belief that there's a story we don't know or there's reasons we don't know because it would just be completely on their shoulders. Mm. And that's just horrific. So for me, I started to have not a belief system but a respect system for this 
you know, woo-woo kind of random conversations over the years, it became a real, um, yeah, a real, I suppose, commitment. And I, I have another confidence with talking about it. Up until probably this point, I, I would never have talked about my spirituality to this degree. Mm. But it's, um, yeah, because of that, I kind of went, oh, no, that got me through that and, and um, that's not something to muck around about. Yeah. So, the, so has your has your spiritual, for want of a better term, practice increased now? Do you like? Do you have a? Do you meditate? I mean, do you meditate? Yeah, I do. Too? But I, it does. It didn't increase or decrease because of that. I've always been it's always a pretty been big there. meditator. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And it isn't. It's funny because my next step, I'm about to launch a blog where I will start teaching people. Or, or not necessarily teaching, I don't know if I'm comfortable with the word teacher, but sharing how I meditate and sharing a little bit more about this side of myself, um, particularly to help single girls because I yep. was single for a really long time and for a long time when I was single and I'd be like rolling my eyes like, fuck my life. Um, <laughs> I would think there's something bigger here hmm. as to why you're learning all these lessons. I used it as a real time to work on myself and I are now kind of come full circle and gone... There's a, there's a reason. It was because you're going to share those stories and, and maybe help someone else. But, yeah, meditation's always been a, a big part. But I must say when I'm starting to write about this more, it hasn't always been a daily practice for me. You know, I will turn to it, it like everybody when I was stressed. In crisis or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. And I've said – and I say this on the podcast, our podcast, that I host with um, my the other thinker girl, um, Christy, is that I always say to our listener – you know, do not build the house just in the rain, like mm. build it in the sunshine too because that's where you really get most of your work done is yeah. when you're not trying to build wet and muddy and and going through all of the grey. Yeah, I know writing when I used to be a musician, writing songs I always wrote better when I was down and I, mm. I you know, I had a friend that was a true alcoholic, a great alcoholic. Mm. He was above all of us. Mm. <laughs> Not that I was far behind, but he used to say, there's only two times that I need to drink, when I'm happy and when I'm sad. Mm. So in other words, all the time. But, yeah. you know, but that's the state of being, isn't it? You, when you're out of kilter, you tend to meditate more. Or and when everything's good, it's like, I don't need to do that. But really, you need to do it all the time. Yeah, you know? and it's a practice, I think. It's some, and, and like I was saying before, the word commitment. Um, mm. to, because essentially it helps me, so it's a commitment to myself. Mm. Commitment's a big one, isn't it? I talk about that a lot, don't <laughs> I, George? Com- commitment and consistency. <laughs> They're my favourite words. <laughs> which is which is another way of saying just stick at it. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, your, let's roll back a little bit and, and that is before, you know, the Thinker Girls came about. Yeah. Let's, so obviously there must have been something inside of you that said, uh, you know, Maybe it's not fame, but it's about being a leader and a voice. Um, what was it that that made you aware that you had something that was worth giving? It's interesting. As a little girl, I think everybody grows up thinking about fame. Well, if you're a creative or you're dancing or performing mm. to some degree. Mm. And so I always – I had the word – if someone would ask me as a kid, I would say actress and um, – and, I, and, and then you get to school and you go through uni and I don't have an actress in front of me that did, you know, went to school, did drama school, then continued and became an actor. That didn't happen in my family. You went to work. And if you've, I think I was the first person in my family, if I'm correct, but fuck, my family will correct me if I'm wrong, um, <laughs> that I was the first one to get a university degree. So, you know, there was just you get to work and you you pay the bills and you survive essentially mm. was the, what I had seen in front of me. You you have family and you make a good life about it, but that's how it's done. And so, God, getting any kind of next education was a new thing, let alone becoming famous and being an actor and, mm. and having some form of, um, I guess, stage, a real, you know, real big stage. So I did uni. I wanted, to, you know, I was PR and all that kind of stuff. I did journalism and um, media because I, I don't know why. I think maybe I wanted to be like Samantha from Sex and the City. I'm not sure. Like I'm trying to think of what it maybe looked a bit sexy, and I yeah, yeah. I could put on parties. I could put on events. I've always been like even my birthday parties were always epic celebrations. Right. You know, like <laughs> everyone talks about all my different birthdays, and and we laugh about that. But there was something now that I look back at the I guess the thread of gathering people, and and so I did university, and and I went through my twenties, 
uh, in a relationship that probably wasn't great for me and many different jobs that were unfulfilling, like corporate communications. I worked in the music industry. I was working, I did, you know, I worked in a, at a magazine overseas in London and all these jobs, I seemed to attract amazing jobs that I wanted at the time but were always unfulfilling. I just didn't quite get that fulfilment from it. And then I got a job behind the set. I actually got a job writing for music festivals um, for Nova and I walked through the doors of Nova and it, yeah, I cha- it changed my life. Like I was, I was meant to be there. I, 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 there was something, there was something that connected that I hadn't felt before. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of work to get to that point. Though I don't think I started work at Nova till I was twenty seven. So it wasn't like I was one of these kids that got out of school and knew I wanted to be on the radio and went to radio school or started volunteering at well, Sin FM is the um, student station in, in Melbourne. I didn't know about Cinef, you know. So it was, uh, for me, I was a little bit later down the track and, and now I'm, I guess, in some ways on a good day when I'm thinking positively, I'm very grateful for that because I've got a lot of skills that I guess have helped mm. me promote myself and market myself and market what we do, um, yeah. Was it, was it your jobs that got you out of Melbourne? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had... I worked at Nova and I weaseled my way somewhere into working on a show because I was working. There was two. I remember you came up the elevator and you you came came out of the elevator and on the left hand side was like sales and the online part because online was nothing back then. Like and they, everybody over here like maybe the l- lawyers and stuff. And then on the left was the reception and where all the musos would walk in where the shows were done and and if I had to go over there to just take something or see someone. I would just like get so excited <laughs> and then I weaseled my way into working on the left-hand side of the building on the drive show and I was a, um, an online producer and it was so funny because I wanted the, sh- the job for the music writer so badly but then, you know, like everything, I didn't get that and was devastated but then the digital director saw something in me about being able to see content and he said, I think you should go for this job. And I won the team over. Often that's the way with talent. You've just got to actually yep. be a mate to them so they feel comfortable. Again, at the time I wasn't consciously thinking all this, just being myself and thinking what the, like this is, I've just, this is the greatest. And it's still to this day is one of the best years of my life, you know. Right. It just, I got into a, a rhythm. I met like-minded people. I met people that were creative on the same level as me. I'd felt for so long I was talking to people that didn't understand me. So it was a real time where I started to feel like my tribe. And, and I'd been friends and in a relationship with people that I'd grown up with from school. I grew up in Essendon, so I went to high school in Essendon. It's very clicky. And so it was until 27 where I kind of found other people and mm. started to look at different options. And, um, and I yeah, from there I just kind of weaseled my way up, started doing red carpet stuff and started getting in front of camera because I would kind of say, I can, I can present and I can edit. I can do this and I can do this. Like, look at me, you know, I can, I can do it all. And... And ended up in South Africa um, being their World Cup correspondent. Oh, my Lord. Because I, um, I could edit and present. And back then I remember a producer saying to me when I was looking for advice, I always asked for advice. I've always been, could you, could you have a coffee? Could I do that? Always putting my hand up. And he said to me, you want to choose if you want to present or be a producer. And I remember thinking, well, that doesn't make sense. If you've got extra skills, why the hell would you just sideline some for other people's egos. So I screwed that advice and would put myself forward for both and now we're in 2018 and having both is what you need. Mm. You know, it's a requirement. It's not a um, some old school radio ego-driven idea of what box you fit in. It's actually a requirement. So, yeah, so Nova was a, a big game changer for me. And um, uh, you've been in, in, in and around radio since then as well. Mm. So have you seen that the magic has kind of dissipated since those early days for you or um, or is it still there? Oh, that's such a very good question. Um, 
because it changed, you know, I became um, on air. So it was it was different. It was a very different energy and a different goal. I, I Once I realised that I actually went off and did a television show because I think I was still too scared to say I want to be an on-air announcer because I was around peers that I admired. I, you know, it was just a, a long time before I had the guts to actually say what I wanted to do, which was to be a broadcaster essentially. Mm. And... Uh, I just got asked, I did an entertainment report as girls often get slotted into on the local radio, the gay and lesbian radio station Joy. And then the program director had, had heard the show and said, maybe you should ask her to come on a couple of days a week as a part of the show. So that's how I kind of ended up. It was someone kind of saw something, which is often how you hear stories like Carrie and Fifi, or, you know, yeah. they would in a newsroom and plonked in or in promotions and plonked in. Um, wasn't so uh, glamorous for me. I was that. No offense to Joy, but it was certainly not um, a situation that made it an easy road from there. That's for sure. But I um, then I yeah then I got it. Then I was like, this is where I belong. And then moved around the country and um, and it the broadcasting part and the show part and what we're doing now. This conversation part. That, that that will never lose the sparkle. That will never, ever not be in me. I think that's one thing I've definitely, at times I've questioned that this year uh, because it did come full circle. I got the dream job and then I lost the dream job. So um, I've had to question that. Does that mean that that's it for me? I got that part. But no, it, it is innately in you. Mm. Um, but how that how that fits and who I am is an interesting conversation. I still love radio as long as I'm able to be me on radio. Mm. And I don't know, well, if there was room for me today, I would be on air today. Will there be room for me next year? Maybe. But that's where it's at. And so the spark isn't in me if I'm not able to be myself. And you find find that radio is the better forum for expressing yourself rather than... Did you feel like you were a caged tiger um, on... On Kiss? On television. Oh, TV. It's funny. Um, it's just a different medium, I suppose. Radio is so immediate and I loved the thrill. Yep. But I suppose that is another thing that I don't miss is the adrenaline that runs with that and, and, and the kind of decisions and the person you become. That real, um, that real bravado I spoke about earlier about myself is very much heightened, you know, and it's a part of who you are all day, every day. And there's not a lot of – when you say downtime, you can go to yoga, you can meditate, you can relax on the weekend, but your energy levels are up here mm. the entire time. So I don't miss that part from it. Um, so it is interesting because I think in a way what I've learnt this year is there are many ways that you can express yourself um, but the spark for a microphone and a conversation – is something that I don't think will ever will ever be dampened for me. So you so really you're building a net. You now you've built your own network in a sense because podcast the podcast allows you to do that, right? Yeah, I think I really allowed to think about it like that when we started when we got a paycheck. Right. And it's it's I hate that that's the case because it's more real then. Well, it just becomes I don't know. Well, it does move from a hobby to a business, um, but also, oh, it's tricky. There's so many creative things and often I think Liz Gilbert talks about this in Big Magic in her book that if you've got something you love and you've got a hobby, just keep you can keep it as a hobby. Mm. So without that currency, it is hard to sometimes take yourself seriously, you know. Six years of doing a podcast with no income and with all the success that it brought us, still after all that time was still hard this year to sit down and do the show after everything that had happened last year and still feel like you've got that acknowledgement of success. We had it. So listeners, just remember, if you like Float Your Boat, go and review us on whichever app you're using at the moment, whether it be on your Android or your iPhone. Yes. And be sure to review, uh, find the review tag. And yep. click on that and write a nice review. Or, yes. And subscribe. Yes. Because all of that goes into 
pushing us up the rankings a little bit more so we can spread the love of Float Your Boat out there to the real world. And apart from all that, we really would appreciate it. We would. We appreciate all of that stuff. And, and if you've got somebody that you think would be great for us to interview, um, email us at fybpodcast at gmail.com. Terrific. Thank you. So what's next for the Thinker Girls or what's next for you? I think the first, I think the first time ever in my life is that it's been a focus of what's next for me. It, it's been um, before the Thinker Girls there was Thinker Girl and a blog and a, um, a little owl logo and these different ideas and at one point it was a production company and, you know, so it's been actually a very long uh dream and and I guess trajectory for me in terms of the thinker girls and thinker girl mm. and so I at the beginning of the year I needed I needed a shake-up I think or no I didn't need the shake-up that in that fashion but I think it was going to come where it was a time where I started to ask myself what was next for myself so I'm launching a blog um it is it started as a single girl book mm-hmm. and um I've decided to get the content out as a blog and get it out a little bit quicker. I think it will eventuate to a book, however. Cool. Um, but also there's a real essence about the, the I guess, the kind of stories and the, the service I want to give back to our audience that we have now and hopefully a new audience and this idea and understanding of the kinds of stories and things I want to be involved in, if that makes sense, is a little bit muddled there but I just think because of that shake-up I've started to say well what do I want to do every day and what do I want to be proud of every day and the thinker girls certainly something that I my goodness I don't shy away from how proud I am of it so Mm. it's not saying that that's not the case and that I'll I'll, you know share with what we're thinking about doing with that as well but there was this real lesson I had to learn this year about (laughs) being on my own and working on my own and, and having some confidence to create projects uh, as Stacy, you know, without mm. the comfort of a partner and without the comfort of um, a big team, you know, really going back to myself. So I'm excited. I've mm. got a million trillion ideas and I just really am trying at the moment as I build it to concentrate on the content, not the strategy and the marketing and the ideas because I'm a big... I get things out there and I like things to activate and I like it to be big and I have I do I, I do not struggle with ideas. So I've really tried very hard to just be very considered with what this messaging is and um and move forth with that first. So that will launch uh in September. And the Thinker Girls, oh my goodness, it's so funny. Last night we had a hundredth episode for the year when we recorded this, I don't know when you guys air, but we have dropped a lot. We've launched a new pod channel this year, which essentially was a bit of a F you to radio, i.e. you won't miss us, we're here, you know, and mm. and we're going to continue Fantastic. to do what we want to do regardless of whether you say we can or not. And 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 it was, it was built in the idea, I remember ringing Merce and saying, I think we should do a channel. I, I like the idea that we still continue to do different different shows to show complexities about us and what we want and the podcast was obviously one stream of that it was only, and we found with kiss we were able to showcase all different parts and i think women often find themselves like i said earlier really boxed in like if you need if you want to be the entertainment girl you sit there if you want to be the spiritual girl you sit there if you want to be the funny girl you sit there but we've all men and women have all these different layers mm. so i really wanted the pod channel to represent that and i think what Christy and I have really considered this year is to be take a breath to think about ourselves for a second because we have been completely in each other's pockets to the point where it could have been semi-codependent you know it just got so ingrained like there wasn't people would just say to us assume we live together you know we did everything together and it has been incredible right I, I wouldn't change it for a second but we did we needed to just kind of take a breath and have a mm. think about whether when individually is this all still what we want to be doing and reassess and and the answer 
was yes, in forms of things that support us and the podcast works. Mm. It's, it's the, the audience has almost doubled in the last three months again. Fantastic. And so and we've started to make some money and, and so we've decided that we will follow things that, that work with us, not necessarily be pushing shit up a hill, you know. And so it was interesting. We got the radio show when I closed the door to radio after many years of pitching and pitching and being promised show after show after show. I managed us for a while and and I said to Merce, I can't do this. I'm not knocking on a door that's closed anymore. And so I decided to go and explore other doors and then radio opened wide up, you know. So think the idea and our, you know, unofficial motto has been let's walk through doors that are open, you know, and that's what we'll do. I think we're just in this place of enjoying um, being able to do our show, do it live. We're about to do a, a big live tour towards the end of the year, a national tour. So, my goodness, yes, Adelaide, Bruce, we're coming. Wow. Um, Rock and roll. Yeah, and, and, um, and then just keep really open. To, um, to see what presents itself as opposed to the grind that we, I think, have done for the past kind of six years. It sounds like you've been on an amazing year. It's an amazing, I mean, it's, like George said, a lot of a low and a, and a lot of highs but a, an amazingly big year. Well, I got married too. It's oh, insane. you got married? Yeah. Well. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's you been know, insane. You know, I, 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 had a, I had a lady express to me that, uh, uh, that she was, you know, struggling to find a partner and I said to her, you know, um, I've always found that curious because we're always, we're quite smart and clever at putting together strategic plans for a business. And we identify exactly what we want, what we don't want, you know, we put it into a plan, we have missions, goals, objectives, and yet we don't do that to capture the love of our life. We don't do that. And she went, she, she had a bit of a aha moment and she went away and drew one up. I said, you've got to think about exactly what you want and the universe will deliver him. He'll, he'll appear. Because you're clear on what you want. It's so do you true. Think, do you think that happened for you? 100%. And that's, I think, I, when I said earlier about breaking the chain as well, I wanted to be really clear on what I, I, I learnt what I didn't want from a relationship that I'd had and wasn't going to settle. And, and I had learnt, I learnt so much in that time about myself. And I think I approached it. I had to find the right balance because I think, and I think this is the same with attracting a lot of things, you can be very clear on what you want and I talk about in the work that I'm about to launch a lot about lists and the difference between types and values and, and just little tips that I learnt along the way of of kind of going down a road that led me to a bit of a dead end, i.e. he looks like this instead of I he feels like this or makes me feel like this and just little bits that I felt like and still feel like aren't out there, you know, just those little kind of key points. It's all very well to write it all down and put it all out there but I do think that particularly when we're looking for love, there is a lot about you, how you feel and so mm. the ba- there's a real balance between being strategic and thinking about it like you do with business as you said, I completely agree with that but then also going back to finding out a bit more about yourself of what makes you feel good, what your boundaries are and who you are in your best relationship. Like who, who brings out the best in you? What friendship or what person, what family friend or what auntie or uncle bring makes you feel like you're your best and thinking about that as well. And I think strategically we don't often think about our feelings. So it's trying to merge the two and then surrendering and letting go and that's the bit that I think a lot of us struggle with and that's mm. certainly um, a big part of the process I think mm. because oh, for so many different reasons we mm. need another podcast to talk about we struggle to let go of that part because we don't want to be alone we don't want to um, we don't want it to be on the unit like you know someone else's timeline we want everything now it's it's hard but I do believe that that is the formula whether you like it or not and that was that that's an insight into what you actually did, right? Wow! Yeah. And now you've now you're married, yeah, happily and in love, which is yeah. Fantastic. And I attracted him. I know I did. I know it was him. 
the whole time. Right. I didn't know he look, he was like that because I had to do all of that work. Um, but I I know it was it, – I, I feel almost proud like I do acquiring a job with, with Ben because I – and I think he is a bit the same, a bit different, but he definitely – did his own form of kind of self-development and, and he has his own very big intense story as well that he had a come to Jesus moment and all that kind of mm. stuff also. So, um, yeah, we found each other at the right time. It couldn't have been a day earlier. And and I think um, I did that, you know. I do really believe that. That's why I feel very confident in the next phase of teaching. Uh, I keep saying teaching but I'm... Not quite comfy with it yet, but maybe it is the teaching. Go with teaching. You you may be the new Oprah. Maybe it is teaching things that I learnt Mm. about that process. That's amazing. What a great... I was... We didn't know what... I didn't know what to expect when we were getting you in because it's, you know, being, as I said, being famous as you are, it's sort of you sometimes think, oh, we're going to get the bio version of, you know, like... Oh, 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 no, we can't talk about that. Whereas today I've learned a lot uh, and what a great story you've got. It's fantastic. I feel and, and positive about it. And you're things. keeping it grounded. Yeah, keeping, keeping it, it real, which yeah. is, you know, which is float your boat. Yeah, you know, so. I love it. I love the, I love the title, guys. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, we, 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 we did have our, um, you know, Sorry, we, thank you for saying that. That's, no, that's I right. That. We we did in the, in the early stages. You know, we were thinking about what we really love the most about people when we when we're down by the club and we talk to people. What is it that we? What's the kernel of what we love about having those conversations? It's really the people who are warts and all. Mm. Yeah, they tell you everything. Yeah. They're not they're not afraid to tell you about their bad times, their low times, their you know their difficulties. And their it's struggles. not easy too. I think a lot of times no. people think because you're a talker or you share mm. that it's something that comes natural to you. No. It, it doesn't. You have to work at it. It's really hard. And I'm explaining this to my husband at the moment mm. that just because I do this for a living, it doesn't mean when I bring conversations to our relationship about things I want to share with him that I find it e- any like easier than him. Mm. In some instances maybe I think because sometimes the guy-girl thing, mm. girls just have a bit more practice with talking mm. to people. But I do I do really stand by that if you do share it, it is to be acknowledged because I think it is work and and I and it doesn't come easy to everybody and I, I'm proud of that. No, and you should be. So before we finish, did I ask you if you've got a favourite song? We always finish with a song. Doesn't it? Could be anything, but your so, song. But I always get really cringy with my. <laughs> with my yeah, it's. Um, That's all right. That's all right. You can be as cringy as you like. I'm just going to go with the first thing that I thought yeah, of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's a Kylie Minogue song. Okay. Right. And the song makes me feel a bit euphoric, and a bit like you guys have been to Mardi Gras, right? Yep, the yes. parade. You know when you walk away from a Mardi Gras parade, your heart is open. Mm. You just feel a bit. I don't know. There's just Happy. there's yeah. a euph- there's yeah. just a nice energy in the air. Better the devil, you know, makes me feel like that oh, every okay. time I hear it. And I don't know. I just feel like joy, right? Like it's it's that's what music. It's there's lots of that's different things music about. does, but yep. this in particular makes me feel I've, very I've got, good. I'm so glad you said that because I thought you were going with locomotion. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks, guys. Oh, you got one more question? Oh, just, a, just a few seconds of shameless self-promotion. So, oh yes, of where, course. Where can our listeners find you? Well, <laughs> well, we run a pod channel, as I mentioned, called the Thinker Girls Pod Channel. You can find us on all of your iTunes goodies, like your yeah, sorry, your podcast goodies, wherever you bloody subscribe. I tell you what, half the year this year has been about introducing Android users on how they find a bloody podcast. Oh, that's the right. of my existence. Oh, yeah. But now Google Podcast is brilliant. You can find it there. Um, but, yeah, anywhere online you type in the Thinker Girls, we do all kinds of fun stuff, but predominantly the pod channel. And my blog, which is so exciting, stacyjune.com. It'll be um, up Stacey very soon. June. That was the one I thought that was the one that we should be shamelessly self-promoting the well, most. The newbie, isn't it? Yeah, it the is. Baby. It's right. The baby. Um, yeah, the little, I don't know, it's the little kind of seed again. So, yeah, I am, I'm very nervous about that. Um, but it's gonna be as we huge. said before we record, nerves are good, right? It's going to be huge. 
Thanks, Stacey. Thanks Thank for, you com- for coming. Thanks on so our show, much Stacey. for coming oh, in. Yeah. What a lovely morning. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you.